0: Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey.
1: Hi, Squirrel. And uh, today, uh, I want to talk about this picture you sent me over the weekend. And I can't uh, believe
0: I'm... you never saw that picture. <laughs> I
1: can't believe you never sent
0: it to me. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't. I'm just shocked. I've yep. been using that technique, which the one we're going to talk about, for at least four years. And somehow, I've never told Jeffrey about it. And apparently, we've never talked about it on a podcast. But I really thought we had. And we're going to
1: fix that today. So this is a picture you sent me and actually, Uh to be fair, you sent me two pictures and in the two pictures were two people and they were wearing shirts. In the first picture, you can see the front of the shirts and in the back of the, uh, in the other second picture, you see the back of the shirts. What are these shirts and why are they important?
0: Well, I'll tell listeners what they say first. And I can't share them because I do these in the colors of my clients. So it would give away who my clients are and so on. And I, I don't have their permission to do that. But if if somebody really wants, just get in touch with us and we'll, we'll send you a picture or I'll describe them to you or I'll make you some shirts. So the shirts say for one person on the front, what. And on the back, dead. Now that doesn't make very much sense. Don't worry, it will in a minute. And on the other one, it says on the front, it says how, and these are giant letters, by the way, take up most of the chest. Uh, and on the back, it says lines. And what I do is I, and I had to do this the very first time uh, because I had the, a, a client with a, a hundred different people who were having trouble understanding how to interact with the tech team. And I needed to explain it very quickly and very clearly in a way that would make sense to all these people in multiple locations. So I had the the two folks who were in charge of the tech organization stand up wearing the shirts and one said, hi, I'm this person and I'm in charge of what we do. And that person had a product title and that person would decide what things the technology team would do and most importantly, what things they would not do. And the other person stood up and said, well, I'm wearing the how shirt. So I'm in charge of how we do those things. And that person was in charge of technology developers, uh, architecture, that sort of thing. And then they both turned around and of course they had to make sure they stood on the correct side of each other. And then the, <laughs> their shirts together, uh, spelled deadlines. And they said, we're both responsible for deadlines. So I now traditionally make these for clients when the situation is right, when it makes sense for them to to have this kind of clarity and it becomes a sort of a a shorthand. So someone will say, well, I'm wearing the wet shirt on this project, so uh, I'm going to decide not to do that.
1: Well, this is, uh, this is a gr- a great solution, but I want to go back for a second uh, because this is about troubleshooting Agile. So I'm not solutionizing Agile. What, when you, you said when the situation's right, and I think that'd be really helpful. So what is it? What's the symptoms you see or the syndrome that make you go? You know, I think I need to get some shirts made. What <laughs> what leads you to that?
0: indeed Uh, when there's some form of lack of clarity about these roles and that shows up in a number of different ways so it may be for example that there's confusion in the rest of the business about the status of things people are working on or the value of what the technology team is doing or the uh, status of uh, a particular thing a person wants to uh, to understand. Is this thing done? Is someone working on it? Um, uh, how are we testing it? How can I get ready for it? That means usually that there's a, a lack in the what area, and so we need mm. some clarity about who that person goes to. It can also show up within the team when you have chaos uh, uh, reigning and um, people coming directly to developers and saying, please build me this thing. When you have... Um, a lack of control often, someone will say, well, gosh, you know, we don't control what, what things we're doing. We don't control how we uh, approach them. There's uh, someone, there's lots of voices uh, giving us this information. And I say, ah, it'd be helpful to centralize that. It would be helpful to have someone who is accountable for it, both in terms of making sure it happens and in terms of explaining what the, the value is of doing it that particular way, whether that's a how thing or a what thing or whether it's a deadline thing. We'd like one or two people to be responsible for those uh, areas, and that's when a shirt comes in handy.
1: I, it's okay. If I'm, I'm going to want to push you a little bit more on this, because what, what I what I heard in there didn't sound that bad, like, I mean, so people aren't clear on the status, kind of, you know, my my view, but five, so what? So I'm kind of like, well, so what, and mm-hmm. why is this really a problem, the fact that people don't know the status, or that there's, you know, people going directly to developers, what, why, what kind of problems does, does this really cause?
0: Oh, sure. So if someone doesn't know the status, then other people in the business can't efficiently prepare for something that's coming or prepare for something not to come. I have a classic story. I think we tell it in Agile Conversations, I can't quite remember, where uh, someone had uh, booked a party and had the balloons and was all ready to have uh, loads and loads of customers show up and uh, hadn't bothered to tell the developers that something was supposed to be ready for those um, prospective customers to see. Uh And the developers definitely were not going to have it ready. So that (laughs) led to some interesting results. And as it turned out in that case, we were able to to find something that we could demonstrate, but it sure would have been more helpful to have a process in place so that uh, that either they could (laughs) send back the balloons or that they could uh, be ready for what we could actually demonstrate. So that's kind of an external consequence. Uh, Internally, if you have people going directly to developers, that throws off all the other scheduling and planning and uh, uh, architecture and anything else that might be happening. In some very small organizations, that works just fine. You have very small number of developers, they're very collaborative, they're co-located sometimes, they have a lot of informal communication patterns. It's when you get just a little bit larger, and it doesn't require very many to have this problem, that uh, I, I can be saying, well, I'm writing this code today, Jeffrey, and, and I need your help. And you say, oh, sorry, so-and-so came to me, I'm doing a different thing today. And I say, but wait, you were going to help me. So that sort of chaos and, and inefficiency is often a signal that, you know, you might need some shirts.
1: You know, you, you say chaos, but is isn't that agile? I mean, isn't that isn't that an organization
0: that's adjusting to what's happening? It it certainly is, and that's why in the small organization it works well. It's if you try to adjust to everything at once that you don't get very far. So an agile organization uh, acts together and in a coherent and coordinated way. Uh, Agile is not chaos. Uh, Agile uh, software development should not look like uh, everyone doing whatever they feel like that morning or whatever they've been ordered to do or whatever someone felt like uh, telling them to do uh, that he or she thought up coming in on the train. That's not what it should look like. It should look like a group who has, in a disciplined and careful way, defined its negative space. These are the things we're not going to do, and here's why, and is accountable for the things it is going to do, and um, is to the degree the the company needs it, to the degree the organization needs predictability, can be predictable, and to the degree the organization needs productivity, can be uh, productive.
1: This concept of of negative space you just mentioned is an interesting one. So who is it who's defining the negative space then? Is that it sounds like of the two shirts that that should be the, the how
0: shirt is, or sorry, no, the wet no, that's the what shirt. That's the, shirt. Yes, that's right, the yes. person de- deciding what to do yeah. because that person is also most importantly deciding what not to do. Uh, I, something I think I also never managed to tell you and certainly haven't mentioned to listeners is that at one point in my life, I taught art to eight year olds. Um, <laughs> and, and if you know anything about me, my, my wife is the art historian, definitely not me. Uh, but uh, what we did, uh, because we were looking for mathematical patterns in the art, is we would turn the paintings upside down and look for triangles and things like that, which was lots of fun. But one of the places you looked for triangles, which I had never thought of in my very naive understanding of art, was in the negative space that is in the part of the picture that you did not, that had not been drawn. So you draw a bowl of fruit or something, and suddenly there'd be a very interesting circle in the background, uh, in the part that wasn't painted, uh, formed by the other fruit. Um curling around and making a circle. And that was an um, interesting artistic statement. Okay, this is all the art history I can manage uh, this week. But uh, <laughs> the idea is that the things you're not doing are as important and actually in software development even more important than the things you are doing. So uh, the what person is in charge of the not only what you're doing, but what you're not doing, the negative space. And the how person, it certainly has a lot of influence. I should mention this, by the way, as well. What you don't want is a what person who just dictates to the how person. Hey, build me a time machine. That's probably got some technical aspects (laughs) that are not going to work out so well. So you want those two to be very good friends and collaborating all the time. But it's clear who the decision maker is and who's accountable. So if something isn't done, the how person says, we had a good discussion about it. I explained the trade-offs, And that person over there who's wearing the what shirt that person is the one to talk to about why we decided not to do it. And similarly, the what person can say, well, we've uh, discussed this project. We're working very hard on it. We're really having some technical difficulties. And um, the how person right over there is best suited to tell you about what those are and what trade-offs we're making. You said a word there, which is these two should be really good friends
1: and really collaborative. But I I hasten to add is that um, that doesn't mean that they agree on everything certainly not start with, uh, and they don't necessarily um think the same way about everything that that they're engaged in productive conflict um, certainly so yeah uh that I, just, I don't want people to have the uh, the wrong idea that these are
0: uh, people who 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 um have mind melded uh, before they they talk You you do have an interesting phenomenon, though, that I noticed, which is that if you get this working very well, you get two people who can represent each other's ideas very well. Hey, Jeffrey, he's wearing the house shirt. He's told me this is very difficult. I'm a little skeptical, but he's the guy who knows, and he's the one who can tell you the best uh, information about it, and here's exactly what he told me. Uh, so you can distinguish between what you're thinking and what the other person is thinking and explain the differences, but you really understand them well. And that means that they can often fill in for each other and, and even represent each other's beliefs that they don't believe themselves uh, uh, in a situation where you know, somebody's on holiday or ill.
1: Right, which, which fits very well. What we've said is that what you can aim for in a conversation is not that you'll come to agreement, but rather you can come to mutual understanding. And so exactly. what I'm hearing you saying is these are two people who have talked things through to the level that they understand each other's positions well. And, and the thinking behind them, the reasoning behind them, uh, not just that they actually adopt the other person's position, but rather they, they can understand it and therefore represent it. I, I really like that idea as, a, as an outcome of a, of a successful mutual learning conversation. Mm-hmm. It works great for me. All right. So and this is something that you said you've been doing for a few years. So
0: I mean, how many times a
1: year would you say you, you, <laughs> this comes up for you? Oh, you know, gosh, you,
0: three or four a year. Uh, so it's not with every client. I have multiple clients, maybe 20 or 30 or 40 in a year. So it's a a small fraction of them. Sometimes I can just explain it and show the picture and they get it and they don't actually need or want the shirts for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But uh, the times when I actually phone up my designer and say, hey, we need some new shirts. This is the uh, colors and the logos. Can you get them out next week? That's two to three times, maybe four a year. So 10% of clients, something like that.
1: All right. So it sounds like uh, this: uh, these are some tools that people can be thinking about for themselves—the uh, the mm-hmm. the, uh, the what shirt and the how shirt—and you might need them if you are experiencing these kind of problems about people not knowing the status, uh, about chaos. <laughs> if it's if these things, uh, uh, confusion, are causing problems for you, then you uh, you, you might have this uh, an, a new tool uh, for your arsenal.
0: Exactly. If you were thinking of writing a job description that had every uh, detail of what your product manager did, you might just want to get them a shirt because then uh, (laughs) it becomes very easy for people to say, well, who's wearing the what shirt? Uh, Are you wearing the what shirt? Are you wearing the what shirt today? There can be all kinds of uh, useful language about it that uh, makes it much simpler than saying, oh, we've got to consult line 17 of the job description to figure out who's in charge of this.
1: All right. Fantastic. Well, I, I can't wait to, to share this with, uh, with people when I come across it, because this is certainly what you're describing in a scenario I have come across before. And I've, we've talked to people about the, the, the need for clarification and, and how to do it. But I really like the, the concrete visual of, of the shirts. So something I will, will, will definitely look to use in the future. Works out well. And if
0: any listeners would like shirts, feel free to get in touch. If we're really diligent and doing well, we might even get them up into the resources section of conversationaltransformation.com. Don't uh, worry if it's not there, though. Uh, that's where we have various things for free and for, uh, for uh, pay that we can do or provide various products and so on. So uh, you can certainly get in touch with us and request either a shirt or ask us some questions about how we apply the shirts, what they do, and how they work.
1: And I'd love to hear from people how they've solved this problem. You know, other yeah. people have involved uh, this uh, uh, what and how divide. How, how did you solve it? Did, did you make shirts? Did you
0: make signs? Did
1: you make hats?
0: <laughs> did, well, did I, had, you... I had, had one client who makes um, uh, customized garments. So they make clothing that is customized for people, and they actually made scarves because okay. it was winter. So they felt like making scarves. Actually, no, I think it was summer. I'm not sure why they made scarves, but they had fun making (laughs) scarves that said how and what. And that was, uh, they would ask who's wearing the house scarf. So who knows, come up with anything that you like. Yeah, I'd love to hear from listeners how you've solved this problem. And that would be fun to hear about. Yep, conversationaltransformation.com is the place to find that. And of course, we like it when you hit the subscribe button or anything else so that you can hear us when we come out next week and we talk about whatever item of clothing is on our minds. Excellent, thanks, Jeffrey.
1: Thanks, Carl.